Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Vine, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the SportsStands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table every single week. Hot takes, nothing less. The SportsStands. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Dance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me, as always, he just got snubbed for the podcast all-star team. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, man? Uh, I'm hurt feelings right now, James. That's what's happening. Hurt feelings. Uh, don't know Don't know what I could have done more. I'm averaging a triple-double for podcasting, which means I produce, I host, and I you know, do the choreography for our music dance number that's going to be coming out in a few weeks. So uh, right. what more can I do? We're bringing back the Harlem Shake. Uh, I thought that that was kind of enough, but apparently it's not. Uh, um, no. It's not dead till we kill it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cool, man. Well, uh, we have a lot to talk about on today's episode. We have uh, some divisional round results, some conference championship predictions. We have takes. We have all this kind of good stuff in football. We're going to pivot to the NBA a little bit today, uh, kind of get into it a little with uh, about the um, the happenings in the association as well as some of the all-star teams that uh, the, the starting lineups just got released. Uh, and, and I think that that's going to mostly cover it today, but we have a lot to cover. And before we do, though, Greg, uh, you know, how are you, man? What's going on with you? I'm pretty good, you know, just hanging out, uh, have the inauguration stuff going on because, you know, I'm a big history person and probably don't spoil it for me. I have it paused. I don't want to I don't want to know what happens. All right. So I won't tell you that like strippers just came out. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, that's not surprising to me. It wouldn't be. Yeah, it wouldn't be that actually unbelievable when I say that. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, not too much going on, you know, just been hanging out Had a nice relaxing weekend this past weekend. Uh, Went to a comedy show. Oh, Uh, which one? Uh, Mike Kaplan. Oh, I don't know. I mean, the name sounds familiar. Yeah, he has like a he's had a few comedy specials. He's like on Netflix, so it was cool because I got to talk to him afterwards. And he's he's actually from New Jersey and lived only a few towns away from where I did. So he was like, "Oh, I know where you live." I was like, "Yeah, cool." I was like, "So that was kind of cool." So and then you know, watch football weekend, good stuff. So besides that, you know, just been taking it easy. What about you? Nice man. Oh, not much. Not much, Greg. I actually have a new obsession, uh, television obsession. Um, Wait, can I guess? Yeah. Is it The Young Pope? Oh, it's The Young Pope. I love The Young Pope. I don't have HBO, but I've seen it like everywhere, and it seems like a show that would fit you. I love The Young Pope, man. Like, like Greg, like, imagine, imagine a pope, but, but, the, but then, Greg, imagine that the pope's young. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I see. So he's above, like, 20 but below 50. Well, I mean, you just, you're kind That's of young now. You're kind of, you're kind of overthinking it here. Uh, just, you know, <laughs> just, there's not a lot I'm of thought gym. that needs to get put into it, Greg. It's, it's the Pope. Like, you know, the, you know, the Pope. Yeah. In Vatican I, City, I, you know, I know. Like, I know he is. He's normally an old guy. Big deal. Is young. Is a young Mind Pope. Blown. Mind blown. Um, so that's, that's, you know, I mean, that's consumed a lot of my time. Just kind of those, that that concept as a whole it's a fun show 
I was gonna say it sounds like it'd be an interesting premise to just have a pope. Like, does he just like not give a shit? Like, how does it work? I kind of feel like I told you how it works, Greg. He's, he's I understand that he's young, but is he like cool like this pope, where he's just like, yeah, you know, fuck it, like let's get on Twitter. I don't. I just don't. I'm not following here. Uh, it's the, the the pope is young, Greg. That's that's the conceit of the show. The uh, the pope right. is young. And See, this get is why on I need board. HBO. I need get HBO on board so I can understand these things. Could you talk yeah. in like another language when you talk HBO to me? I'm not talking another language, Greg. It's pretty simple and straightforward. And I kind of I feel like you're trying to insult me at this point by by getting the more details out of me than the massive amount of details I've already given you about the show. All it's right. the Pope. It's really I'm just I'm just mad I don't have HBO because you know I like uh, Silicon Valley and I can't watch it. Shell out for it, man. Shell out. Um, okay, that's that's been taking a lot of my time. And uh, if you're a fan of the arts, uh, you should check out Young Pope. <laughs> Let's get into it a little bit. Um, we have some divisional games to talk about. Yeah, uh, we do. Let's kind of pull them up here. The conference championship is set. The AFC and the NFC conference championship games are set. Uh, and we had a couple exciting games that came out of last week. Um, so let's kind of do, uh, you know, we're going to go through your playoff heroes and zeros thing that uh, you mentioned last week. And Greg, why don't you start us off? Who's a playoff hero coming out of the divisional round this, we- uh, this week? Uh, well, James, my playoff hero this week coming out, it's a guy that's usually, you know, not called upon often. Uh, you know, sometimes gets the wrong end of the stick if things go wrong for the team. Uh, but I'm going with the fourth killer B for the Steelers, Chris Boswell, the kicker. The guy, Chris Boswell. Yeah, six for six field goals. 45 yards was his longest, but, you know, kicking in the conditions that he was, it was cold, field was wet, uh, you know, just not a great day for kicking in general. But, you know, if it wasn't for him, they lose the game. They won 18 to 16 all on field goals. So that to me, if you can do that and help your team win a playoff game to get you to the AFC championship, you deserve to be the hero just once for a kicker. That's pretty good. Um, that's definitely thinking outside the box. You know, I think that we're both trying to fight the, uh, we're both trying to Aaron fight Rogers. the urge just to like kind of say Aaron Rodgers the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, Steelers going to the AFC championship was not expecting that. Greg, you know, I'm a chiefs believer. You know, that. You about me. Yeah. Uh, it came to bite you uh, in the ass. I know. I got to kind of rethink what we're doing there. Uh, my playoff hero is uh, a little guy by the name of Dion Lewis. Good pick. Uh, Dion, Dion Lewis, we missed him for a lot of this season and the second half of last season. He adds such a great complexity to the Patriots offense that he's really kind of become the X factor of our team. Uh, he can, he's a great between-the-tackles runner. Uh, he's a fantastic pass catching back, uh, and now he's also being featured in special teams. So Dion Lewis scored a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and brought a kick return back in the game against the Texans. Uh, and he's the first player in the Super Bowl era to do that. Uh, the Patriots are Patriots are fifteen and zero uh, when Dion Lewis is playing in, in, in over the last two seasons. And uh, he, he actually, uh, you know, fumbled a couple times, which is kind of a bummer. But he really is kind of a game changer here when, when we're going down the stretch, especially against these big kind of hulking linebackers that the Steelers have coming out here. James like, Harrison, what, yeah. 
Yeah, what happens when Deion Lewis gets put on James Harris, or James Harrison gets put on Deion Lewis uh, and has to cover him out in the flat? It's probably the same thing that happened to um, Marcellus or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Merciless. Merciless, yeah. So I'm going with Deion Lewis here. I think that he's he's just going to provide kind of a great counter to James White and LeGarrette Blunt. You know, you have James White, who's your third down back. You have LeGarrette Blunt, who's your, you know, uh, first down, second down, kind of pound it between the numbers kind of guy. Goal line. And then you have, and then you have Dion Lewis who can do a little bit of everything. So if you put like, for example, James White and Dion Lewis in the backfield, kind of spread out with, you know, your Michael Floyd, your Martellus Bennett, all this kind of stuff. All, all of a sudden, like, what do you do? There's just too many options that can come out of that formation. He's basically become the new Darren Sproles of uh, the running backs. Like when Darren Sproles retires, he's going to be the guy that takes that little man throne. Yeah, exactly. But I think that Deion Lewis is a better actual kind of between the tackles runner than Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles is always kind of a catch him out in the flats and kind of make a guy miss guy. But I feel like Deion Lewis actually has the ability to kind of run, uh, you know, a traditional kind of I formation, set it up and, and kind of you know blow right through. So, yeah, um, he was a star in pit. Uh, I just couldn't find a place, uh, you know, here in the NFL until the Patriots picked him up. Go figure. Yeah, yeah no, uh, he started with the Eagles and then, uh, they traded him to the Browns, and it makes me angry every day, James. Every day. Yeah, exactly. It's actually funny. Um, guy from the Eagles, Emmanuel Ocho, one of their linebackers, uh, tweeted out being like, so who was the genius that traded me for Dion Lewis? And whoever the former Browns GM was, like, tweeted back at him and be like, that would be me. And he was just like, thanks, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> you guys missed out on, like, a fantastic player. So good job. Yeah. Um, playoff zero, Greg, who's your playoff zero this week? All right. This one's going to surprise you a little bit Yeah, because that this person's team won. Yeah. But it was kind of despite them. I'm going to go with Tom Brady and it's not because I hate Brady. It has actually nothing to do with that. When you look at how he played, it was not of a guy that deserved to win a game. He threw was 18 for 38. So that's 20 passes he threw incomplete. He had two picks. He had two picks all season, and he threw two in the playoff, one game, and he had two touchdowns. But a lot of those catches and completions he got, he was bailed out by his receivers. Amendola and Edelman, not even Amendola didn't catch one. Edelman had a few really great catches where, you know, it was kind of just like a lame duck throw that he was able to find and get under and get away from the defender to catch. But it wasn't anything that, like, Brady was doing special. He was getting hurried in the pocket. He didn't look comfortable. If he plays like that this week, more than likely they're going to lose because they're facing an offense that actually can put up points, unlike uh, the Texans with the Brockett chip, as you coined last week. So he's my zero this week. He can easily make up for it. We know he's capable of huge games, but looking at everybody else this week, I'm not going to give it to Osweiler because I didn't expect much out of him. Alex Smith I didn't expect much out of. Thomas Rolls isn't known to be a great running back. He just had one great game last week. But Brady is supposed to be the guy in the playoffs, and he was not this week. That's I, I realize what you're doing here. You're kind of doing it to be controversial and bother me. But the, the, you clearly didn't watch the game if you think that Tom Brady is the playoff zero this week. Oh, I mean, no, I watched was, the game. No, you clearly did not. Because My brother-in-law actually said Tom Brady is on the decline. He's a big Tom Brady fan. No, 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 no. It's it, that's all. That's all incorrect. First of all, one of those picks was literally off the hands of uh, Floyd or whatever the new guy is that we picked up. Um, yeah, he was drunk. 
So it literally hit him in the hands, and then they bounced up straight up in the air. He threw, so he threw one legitimate pick, and he threw two touchdowns and consistently bailed out our team in third and long. So I, I'm in stark disagreement with you. I think that that's what I said, pick. James. He's because the real, the real playoff zero in this situation is Alex Smith. Alex Smith is the definition of a playoff zero. Uh, the Steelers' defense is not that good. Like they, they, they kind of dialed up some more pressure. Um, you know, over the last couple of games, there's no doubt about it, but he's, the guy just can't throw the ball. He physically can't throw the ball. He's he averaged five yards an attempt, uh, with one touchdown, one interception. Uh, he consistently just, he looked at uh, Tyreek Hill way too often. Uh, they kind of used him as a crutch almost, um, 172 yards, a touchdown and interception, averaging five yards an attempt. That's that's a playoff zero, Greg. Yeah, not I mean it's not great, great, but I'm also not. A, I know Alex Smith isn't a big play guy. He doesn't. He's not the guy to throw it deep. He's not the guy to get big chunks of yardage. He's a short pass guy. So there's a difference between but there's a difference between being a big play guy and actually like being a competent NFL quarterback. Hey, and I he don't only had one turnover, one interception. That's all I saw. Yeah, and Brady's interception, Brady's interception wasn't even his fault. It literally hit the guy in the hands. Greg, if you threw the ball and hit me in the hands and, and it popped up and got intercepted, knowing you, you would make excuses all up and down the field being like, that was not my fault. You would not raise your hand and be like, that was my fault for that interception. I would. I would say I threw it too hard at you. I should have known you can't catch the hard No, pass. no, exactly. No, no. <laughs> I would have I, I, like played, played pickup football with you, Greg. And I know for a fact that if I, if it hit me in the hands, it popped up, and the other team got it, you would say that's not my fault. No, our our fantasy, or not fantasy, our flag football team in Tremuro was pretty bad in college, so I totally took blame. I popped a hamstring on a flag football field, so it was I'm, not very good. It was not. It was not. It was not like we were all stars. I would have gladly taken the blame there. Yeah. Um, give me one sec. The sports dance will return in three, two, one. Enjoy. All right. Okay. All right. We're gonna put elevator music in there. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um all right, so that was playoff hero and playoff zero. Uh it's gonna be interesting to see what happens kind of going forward in the conference championship game. So let's talk about it. Well, hold on. Let's quickly just there's only one division game that I want to actually kind of talk about. Okay. The Dallas Green Bay game, because clearly that was the only game that was really, you know, exciting to watch all weekend. Right. So I just want to know your thoughts. You went with Dallas. They put up a hell of a fight. And, uh, you know, they just left too much time on the clock, it seemed, for Aaron to try to drive down the field and make a miracle, and he did. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone's freaking out with them about the spike uh, and saying that the spike was not the way to do it and, you know, not the way to go. I don't know. I, 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 in, in those kinds of situations, I always spike the ball. I don't know. If I'm playing Madden or something yeah. like that, I'm rolling down the field. I realize that they had a timeout, but they wanted to use it for another – they wanted to save it for another situation. Now, I realize that when you say, I want to save the timeout, and then you don't end up using the timeout. You look like an idiot. You look like an idiot. But to be totally honest with you, I, uh, I don't fault them at all for spiking the ball. I think that that was the right way to do it. Uh, you're not you when you run up against like a talent like Aaron Rodgers, like you you, you kind of have to rely and say tell your defense like hey you cannot let him like just kind of 
let the play break down and have like a 40 yard pass all the way downfield out of bounds. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't put that on the spike as much as I put it on them kind of not, not being able to cover Jared cook. Yeah. And let him get that toe touching uh, reception. Like he doesn't make that catch usually ever at all. I mean, yeah, he's not that type of guy. But uh, um, I, I really, even though they lost, I was really impressed with Dak's comeback. I thought that that was really, uh, really impressive. Um, you know, he showed, he obviously was a little rattled in the beginning of the game when they got down early. Um, but I'm telling you, I think that he would, I think he showed a lot of poise, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, they scored 18 points in the fourth. And I think a lot of that has to do with Dak, especially, you know, getting more comfortable finding Dez. Um, I wish that they had run it with Ezekiel Elliott a little bit more. I realize that the conversation and the argument is, hey, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, they, they were down by like, they're down like 21-3 at one point. Like you can't really run it a ton with him. But no. I, I feel like the Packers have such a horrible run defense and he is like your MVP. I feel like you need to run it with Ezekiel. Yeah, he's, getting almost six yards a, he's getting almost six yards of carry in that game. I mean, once it's getting close and it's getting towards the end, you got to just feed him. Yeah, I agree. he's gonna keep breaking chunks off. Uh, I think actually the thing that annoyed me the most about the game with what ended up happening, even though I had the Packers winning, I think was just dealing with Skip Bayless's tweets afterwards. Uh, did you see any of his uh, crazy tweets that he put out? No. So here's one just from a day ago. So this is a few days after the game has ended. I still can't believe Mason Crosby barely made both those sorry-looking field goals and saved Aaron Rodgers from Dak Prescott. Yeah, I'm not totally surprised about that. I mean, this is kind of what he's built his legacy on. So, I mean, good for him, you know, to be continuously, like, you know, spewing out just ridiculousness. I but, yeah, I want to know how he thinks of that stuff. You got me. Um, I, but I, I really was impressed with Dak Prescott. I think he's going up against Aaron Rodgers, who's turning it around at the right time, you know? Yeah, I mean, you. there's nothing I could point at Prescott and go, you know what? Terrible game by him, especially as a rookie. I mean, he's had a, he had a phenomenal rookie season for a quarterback, especially. You know, went way farther than anybody expected. You know, I give him credit, but you just when you catch Aaron Rodgers hot and your defense, you know, finally fails you as it didn't for most of the season, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to beat, and they almost did it. Yeah. Um, okay, do you want to move on to conference champion? Uh, yeah, we can move on to those now. All right, awesome. The first one is uh, they're both on Sunday. Um, so they were going to start off with the Green Bay going in to the Georgia Dome for the last time to play the pa- the Falcons. Um, yeah, now it's officially the last game at the Georgia Dome. Exactly. Matty Ice, 11-5, and five, uh, hosting the 10-6 Packers. Atlanta's favored by five and a half points here, Greg. Um Atlanta kind of dismantled Seattle, so I don't know. We didn't even we barely talked about that game, but what um what do you think is going to happen here? Who do you think is going to win this one? Well, as you said, Atlanta dismantled Seattle, so that's basically basically us talking about the game. It was over after the first like quarter, it seemed almost with how defeated the defense, especially for Atlanta, uh, Seattle looked. But you know, I've been riding the Aaron Rodgers train, but I think it finally comes to a stop in the Georgia Dome. I think Matty Ice and the Falcons are just going to be too good offensively to compete with. And defensively, I actually think they're better than Dallas. Uh, Vic Beasley has been a beast this 
second half of the season. You know, he's really picked it up for that defensive line and, you know, really helped bring that pressure. I think if there's somebody that's going to get to Aaron Rodgers a few times, it's going to be him. He has the speed too. We know Rodgers likes to roll out on the pocket. I think if he does that a few times, he's going to get paid for it. So I think also injury is going to catch up to Green Bay. A lot of guys hurt. Devontae Adams is hurt. You know, Nelson with his ribs, Montgomery and his ankle, even if they don't say it that much, I still think it's bothering him to an extent. So his offensive weapons are all kind of hobbled. So he really has to do a lot more. So I'm going to go with Atlanta. Julio Jones and Matt Ryan have a big day offensively, and they put up 31 points to Green Bay's 27 and move on to the Super Bowl. Gotcha. So one of my favorite writers uh, on the internet, um, one of my favorite Twitter follows, one of my favorite writers is this guy named Shea Serrano. And uh, he, he wrote for Grantland and he wrote for The Ringer. He just, uh, the, his internet writing is just fantastic. He gets, it, 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 it's just, it tickles my funny bone. But he wrote uh, after the game against the Seahawks uh, about Matt Ryan. He was talking about quarterbacks and, how kind of these great quarterbacks have like a glow to them a little bit, if that makes sense. Like when Tom Brady steps on the field in the fourth quarter, the dude's like glowing. Like when Aaron Rodgers gets into the huddle to get out there and you like, it's, it's almost like a weird mystical glow that he's got to him. And all the great quarterbacks have it. Um, Even like Dak Prescott in a way, like in that fourth quarter, the dude, like just got out there poised and made some big time throws and yeah, that two point conversion, all that kind of stuff. Matt Ryan has always put up really good stats, but he's yet to really kind of glow. Like he's never really commanded the field. It's never been like, Oh shit, here comes Matt Ryan. Um, I've never felt that. And I just, I, I think that if, especially after last week's game against the Cowboys, um, I thought that the Cowboys were the best team in the NFC I mean, they were the number one seed, obviously, but I thought that they were all around the best team in the NFC, and uh, and Green Bay still made, uh, found a way to win. I think this is gonna be a shootout, but uh, I honestly am gonna have to side with Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna have to side with you know confirmed greatness rather than uh, Matt Ryan kind of putting together what could really just be described as a career year and might not be anything more than that. Yeah, uh, you know, it's gonna be one of those games. It's gonna go either way. It's gonna be a shootout. It's gonna be fun to watch. So. I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, Both games this weekend, actually, in general, should be good. So, you know, we'll move on to the AFC Championship game where we got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off that 18-16 win in Kansas City, going into the dreaded Foxborough, you know, to face the Patriots and their mighty offense and Tom Brady with all the lore, as you would probably say, the GOAT. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, it's going to be a fun, interesting game to watch. Uh, So, James, even though I probably don't even need to ask this question, who do you have winning the AFC Championship game? Greg, I'm glad you asked. Um, the biggest thing that bothers me about the predictions around this game uh, is talking about how, oh, the Patriots can't play like they played last week because the Steelers will be able to put up points on them. The Steelers can put up some points. The Steelers have an offense. Have you seen Le'Veon Bell? Have you seen Antonio Brown? Have I you have. seen Ben Roethlisberger? He, they can put up points. They can. You know what they did against the Kansas City defense, Greg? Put up 18 points. Put up 18 points. That's not putting up points. The Patriots put up 34 against one of the best defense in the entire league in, in Houston. Well, the and best against defense. A mediocre, and against a mediocre defense, the Steelers put up 18 points. 
I'm looking at football outsiders right now, Greg. Do you know uh, the defensive DVOA ratings? Yeah, I know, I know what they are. I just don't know the rankings. Okay, great. DVOA is what I kind of use to judge units because it takes into account kind of everything, uh, pass, rush, uh, who they're playing. It takes, against, uh, takes into account schedule. Kansas City was the number 14 ranked defense this year. So against the 14th ranked defense, Steelers, the Steelers put up 18 points as in their playoff debut, and everyone freaked out and were like, they can put up points. New England's number 11th ranked defense, Greg. <laughs> like they're playing a better defense this week, and yeah. and we're supposed to th- we're we're supposed to say like, oh, I'm be super scared of them. Like they put up they put up points against Miami, who's the 20th ranked defense. They're the bottom third in the league. But I'm supposed to be scared of the Pittsburgh offense because they put up 18 points against Kansas City. I'm not. I'm not scared of the Pittsburgh offense. I think that they're. I think that they're a bunch of pomp and circumstance. I think you got three guys that you need to worry about. And if there's one thing that Belichick is really good at, it's taking away their main weapons. He's going to take away Antonio Brown on the deep route. Antonio Brown's going to have a couple catches for like 13 yards. They're going to move the sticks, but it's going to be the bend but don't break thing that Belichick always does. And then there's, you know, Le'Veon Bell is obviously a great, a great running back, but he's really good at neutralizing their strengths and trying to make you make them beat you in non-traditional ways. I don't think the Steelers have enough to do that. So I don't think that they have the offense that everyone's freaking out about. I'm taking the Patriots. I don't, I don't think it's going to be all that close. Wow. Well, the pick doesn't surprise me. The anger and feistiness does. It just bothers me. I mean, everyone's freaking out about how, you know, like everyone, they looked at a game where the Patriots won by 18 points and said, oh, if they play against the Steelers that way, then, uh, you know, they're definitely going to lose. Like what, in what part of that game are they going to – well, indicates to you that the Steelers will beat them. In what part of the divisional round games, if you're taking those two games and looking at them, the Steelers put up 18 points against Kansas City. The Patriots put up 34 points against the number eight defense in the entire league. And somehow we've got it into our heads that if the Patriots play this way against the Steelers, that they're not going to win. What, what is that? I have no idea where that logic comes from. A lot of the Patriots played a – the Patriots, Patriots played an admittedly – sloppy game against a great defense and still won by 18 points can i quickly ask who's the number one defense on that um denver huh because i know uh texans were technically ranked as the number one defense this year so i was just curious yeah i mean this is this versus for dvoa there's a bunch of different ways to rank defense you can rank it by yards uh, yards or points or whatever either way the patriots have the best defense uh left in the in the playoffs and the uh, best quarterback of all time. Uh, and they also have one of the best special teams uh, and they're clicking on all cylinders right now. Even if they lost a couple fumbles, like whatever, that means that Belichick will yell at them and make sure that they don't lose that. So I'm just kind of confused as to where all this logic is coming from that the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh will be able to hang like 40 on the Patriots. That's not, that's not happening. Well, I'm going to tell you where that logic comes from James right now. Cause you know, I am going with the Steelers. It's just one of those things. I feel like they have a good chance to beat New England, I've said it, you know, their road to the AFC Championship was going to be easier than I thought for the Patriots. You know, they dismantled the Texans pretty handedly, uh, you know, and I'm like those people. I didn't think they looked that great, so don't bite my head off quite yet. But the reason I think Pittsburgh can actually put points on the Patriots' defense, do you know the quarterbacks that the Patriots faced this year and how good they actually were? I'm going to read some names for you really quick. So here's some quarterbacks that the Patriots defense face this year. And you tell me if any of them put any fear into your eyes. Cody Kessler, Andy Dalton, Landry Jones, 
Tyrod Taylor, Colin Kaepernick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jared Goff, Trevor Simeon, Matt Moore, and Brock Osweiler. None of those guys strike fear into me if I'm the opposing defense. And Patriots basically ate them apart. The only quarterbacks that they struggled with was Russell Wilson, who they lost to. Really good quarterback. And did they did the Ravens keep it close against the Patriots? I forget. Uh, no. Yeah. And they have Joe Flacco, who is somewhat decent. So, you know, they haven't faced any quarterbacks that you would say are, you know, top-level quarterbacks. Even when they faced the Steelers earlier this year, Roethlisberger was out with his knee injury. You had Landry Jones, not the guy that's going to necessarily make A.B. and Le'Veon Bell look that fantastic. So that is my reasoning for well, going with Jimmy the Jimmy Garoppolo for the, for the Patriots, Greg. I mean, it's not exactly like they played upper echelon quarterbacks. You can do that, but there's not that many upper echelon quarterbacks in the league. So unless you play like the same – let's go through the let's go through the Steelers right now. The Steelers faced – I mean, what are we looking at here? The Steelers they also faced, they faced, Rod, they faced Robert Griffin, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, uh, Eli Manning, Andrew Luck, who had no offensive line around him. They lost to Dak Prescott. They lost to Joe Flacco. They lost to Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, like, what do you want me to, like, what do you want me to say? Like they lost to Carson Wentz, Greg, you know, um, like there's, there's not, they, they didn't, they didn't exactly face a murderer's row either. I'm not saying they did, but I'm also know the Steelers defense isn't actually that great. They've been playing better as of late. So, you know, I think it's going to end up being a shootout. I just think in the end, you're going to have the Steelers maybe make a play or two more that help them push them over the head. So it's my personal thought. Trust me. I know I'm probably wrong. I'm going against the majority, 90 something percent who believe the Patriots are going to, you know, go to their seventh or eighth Super Bowl. I forget how many it is. I think it'd be seventh at this point. He's lost two. He's won four. Correct. Um, this one would be. Yes. It'd, it'd be fifth. Yeah. Okay. So it'd yep. be a seventh super. One for, the, okay. one for the thumb. Yeah. One for the thumb. Uh, you know. So it's very possible. Tom Brady is a great quarterback. I was arguing with a guy last week on Twitter about this that kept putting stats up about Brady and Rodgers in their first fifteen playoff games, and I was like, "Listen, they're both great, but are you trying to honestly tell me that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have as many rings if he had the defense that Brady had?" And the guy got mad saying they're not the same, even though stat line-wise, they were literally the exact same person. The difference was Rodgers' team gave up 25 points, whereas Brady's defense gave up 18 points. I was like, so... I was like, that was my argument. He didn't really want to argue with me. He just kept yelling, like, Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, so it was fun for me. But I know, Brady is... If he wins the Super Bowl, I will have to say he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Therefore, I hope he doesn't win the Super Bowl. That's why I'm going with the Steelers. So you have the... You have the Steelers, Falcons, Super Bowl, and I have the Patriots, Packers, which I think is pretty close to what we had anyway. I had Patriots, Cowboys originally, and I think that you actually had Steelers, Falcons. Yeah, I've been sticking with my picks. Uh, they haven't steered me wrong so far. 4-0 last week in the division round. Uh, it's you pretty know, good. Feeling pretty good about myself. So I can take a gamble here. Okay. There was a well. Hey, it was a good. It was a good discussion. I just get I get upset when people kind of tell me, you know, that the the Steelers about to hang some real points on them. But yeah, I understand if my Eagles were ever in this type of position, I'd probably get mad too, but they ha- haven't been. So I don't know that anger. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, cool. Let's move on. Do you have anything else about football that you want to talk, talk about? No, I think we talked football out basically. I don't think there's any big things outside of Goodell going to the Georgia Dome instead of Foxborough like a little baby. Gotcha. Yeah, Goodell is uh, – I'm not surprised at that at all. No. Um, all right, let's get into – 
NBA. Uh, we haven't talked about NBA a ton this year. I mean, I've kind of you know, dipped my toe into the water a little bit here. But uh, NBA I think guys, it's on your shoulders. I know. I know. Um, I've been kind of consumed with the football playoffs. But uh, some of my time is kind of freed up now. I don't have a lot of football games to watch. And, uh, and we're going to talk a bit more NBA going forward. And the first thing we want to do is talk about the All-Star lineups. So the All-Star Ugh. game lineups were announced today, or yesterday, I guess, last night. Uh, so for the East, let's kind of go through it here. Um, the East starters are Kyrie Irving, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James, Giannis Adetokounmpo, and Jimmy Butler. Uh, and then for the West starters, you have uh, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, James Harden. Uh, I think we should take this conference by conference. Let's start with the West because that one has, I think, the biggest story in it, Greg. Oh, yeah, by far. Uh, leaving a triple-double averaging guard out of your starting lineup just seems preposterous, and that's what happened. Yes. Well, Russell Westbrook not starting... For the West All-Stars, they gave it to Steph Curry, I guess, is the one who's starting over him. I think that you can make a case that he'd start over Steph or Kawhi. Um, Kawhi's defense really kind of puts him over. So Steph really is the odd man out here. Um, And I'm going to throw a couple stats at you, Greg. Um, PER in basketball is something to really take a look at, player efficiency rating. Um, It it just kind of measures everything on the court. It kind of leans towards uh, offense more than defense more often than not, but it does take into account – it definitely takes into account uh, defense as well. Russell Westbrook is the top – the most efficient player in the NBA right now. He leads in points per game in the NBA right now at 30. He's averaging a triple-double. Yeah, it's Um, nuts. His team is actually not that far out of it, to be totally honest with you. I mean, they're the seventh seed right now, but they would be like the third seed, no, the the, uh, fourth seed in the East. I mean, you know, it's just, it's not his fault that that the West is pretty top heavy. Yeah, no, the the West is definitely stacked. The idea that Russell Westbrook is not starting over Steph Curry, who is still great, but he's just having a, I mean, he's... He's, he's not having, having a decent year. year. Yeah, he's what he's 24, 24 points 25? a game. Twenty-four points a game. Um, he, he's got six assists a game. His PER puts him at seventeenth at twenty-three. That's with Durant, uh, Draymond, Clay, all those other malice to feed on that team. And and he, and he plays no defense. So like, what are we doing here? Like, I realize <laughs> that you want. I realize that you want Steph Curry in the All Star game, and you can put him in the All Star game, but he does not deserve to start over Russell Westbrook. There's just no way. No. Not by a long shot. Uh, you know, him and Harden, you could argue that Kurt Westbrook should be over Harden and Curry for that guard spot position. But, I mean, Curry really is the I don't think so. Out. I don't think over Harden. I, I think that Harden, I honestly think that Harden and Westbrook are running a two-man race for MVP right now, to be totally they honest should, with you. Yeah, I mean, Curry's the odd man out, but you could te- you could say that he deserves it over either two, technically, with what I guess, he's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, I would say so. But, I mean... You, the, other, the other question, I think, is... Um, I guess Kevin Durant is probably – I guess that makes some sense. I think Kawhi Leonard makes a ton of sense. I think that he's not like a, the sexiest pick in the entire world. Yeah, but if you want to look – if, Yeah, if you want to look off of you know just sheer numbers, he's the best player on the second seed in the West. Um, he's the second in player efficiency rating. He's right behind Westbrook. And that's because um, of defense. You know, 
exactly. In terms of points per game, he's putting up more than more than Curry. He's putting up 25. Um, he he gets put on the best players. Uh, he gets put on the best player on the other team every single night defensively, and uh, he does a great job with it. So I I I, I have no problem with. Kawhi being on here um and then the brow gets on because it's in new orleans you need somebody from the home team starting basically and he's as bad as good a player as anybody you could say argue have, like I big men a tough time with this one yeah i mean i i have another little bit of a tough time with this one i would i, I could see boogie getting put on there as well i think that's that's basically it for that last slot you wanted to put either demarcus cousins or anthony davis yeah um Anthony Davis, I the thing that's a little a little tough for me is that his team is so bad. His team's horrible. Yeah, that's the, um, that's the thing. You have guys like him and Boogie both on awful teams. Yeah, like what happens? Like what? I, I aren't you supposed to be if you're like kind of an all a world class big man who can do everything? Like aren't you supposed to be able to like turn this around? Like look what Joel Embiid is doing over in in Philadelphia right now. They've won the process. They've won like seven of their last ten. And he's like, it's mostly because of him. Yeah, he's killing it on the court and off the court. Yeah, exactly. And the 76ers are, to be honest with you, not that far behind where the Kings and Pelicans are. So, like, what what's going on here? Why is why are we rewarding these two guys with all-star starting positions other than the fact that their numbers are ridiculous? I don't know. Uh, all I know is I actually think what should happen is a form, formal request should be put in to allow Russell Westbrook and... Uh, We'll talk about the East side in a second because the other guy that I think got snubbed big time is your boy from the Celtics. I think we should have put in um, some sort of formal request to allow those two to be the actual starting guards for the East and let Durant, uh, let Westbrook face off against the West All-Stars and mainly just dominate Curry, Harden, Durant the whole game because that'd be great. Yeah, let's talk about the East now. So we have Irving, DeRozan, LeBron, Giannis, and Jimmy Butler. I, I see one actual a, all-star on that team. I think it's a mess, uh, to be honest with you. Actually, I'll um, give it to you. I'll give the Greek freak a pass. He's a pretty dominant player. I like. I like. I think that Giannis is a really. I think that he's one of the stories of the league right now. If you want to yeah. keep harping on that per, the top three are Westbrook, Leonard, and Giannis uh, up there. Um, I, I, there's no one like him in the league right now. I mean, he's just like, it's unbelievable. He's averaging 23 points, um, you know, eight rebounds. Uh, he's second in the league in, uh, or the fourth in the league, Scarasari in blocks per game, um, behind, uh, Davis, Rudy Gobert, Miles Turner. So he's, he's impacting him on that side as well. Um, He's a blast to watch, and they're basically leaning on him and then to a lesser extent Jabari Parker in order to keep that team afloat. If you look at the uh, the standings right now, I mean, they're doing a, a, a decent job. They're right. They're going to probably overtake the Bulls within the next couple of days here for the next uh, for the for that last playoff spot. But yeah, the Bulls are a mess. So I, I give Giannis a little bit of a pass, also because I just love Giannis. I think this. I, I. It's tough for me to say that you're going to put in Kyrie Irving right now over Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I, or I would put my starting lineup for the East would be Isaiah Thomas. I would put Lowry over DeRozan because I think Lowry's actually having a better year. And then LeBron, yeah. uh, 
Giannis, and uh, get a big guy in there that can deal with the brow technically and match him. Put a Joel Embiid in there just for fun. I think that Joel Embiid should be in there, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, instead uh, of Jimmy Butler, like he's only he's only averaging like twenty six minutes a game. He's barely playing, but I I think that I think that the uh, the stories in the NBA this year have been the Warriors versus the Cavs. Or, yeah, the Warriors versus the Cavs, which I think is fun. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Giannis, and Joel. I think that those are the stories of the NBA this season. Yeah, and no, I, I think that I think you gotta, I think you gotta actually, you know, reward those people. Um, Jimmy Butler's having a great year. There's no doubt about it. Jimmy Butler is having a great year. Um, but I mean, I don't know. He's he's not putting up the per than anyone else is. He's you know Isaiah Thomas has a better per than him. Um, if you want to look at points per game, um, you know, Jimmy Butler's right outside the top 10. So, I mean, he's, he's in the conversation, but he's not quite there. You know, Isaiah, Isaiah's averaging 28, and Butler's averaging 24. Kyrie Irving is averaging 23, by the way. So let's, you know, kind of throw that out there. Um, you know, in terms of assists per game, Jimmy Butler's not even in the top 20. No, I mean, Jimmy Butler's a good player. I'm, it's not like he's not a good player. He could be on the All-Star team, but as a reserve. Like he yeah, shouldn't be in the Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving are not even in the top twenty in in the backcourt for the for this team right now is not in the top twenty in assists per game. No, how it's how Kyrie's in the starting lineup baffles me. It's like how Curry's in the starting lineup. I get they have big fans and people want to see them in the game and you know their fan base has come out huge, but both of them don't deserve to be in the starting lineup this year. It's just facts. Yeah, exactly. Um, players that are averaging more assists per game than DeRozan, than Kyrie Irving and then Jimmy Butler, the starting, uh, you know, guards and then wing of the East All Star Game. Players that are averaging more, uh, more assists. Alfred Payton of the Orlando Magic. <laughs> uh, Eric Bledsoe of the Phoenix Suns. Dennis Schroeder of the Atlanta Hawks. Goran Dragic of the Miami Heat. Tim Frazier. Have you ever heard of Tim Frazier? Actually, I have. He's, is he on the Pelicans? He is on the Pelicans. Still- Right. Still on the Pelicans, yeah, absolutely. Fan, he was a good fan duel steal last year a few times. Um, and then, of course, Kyle Lowry. Oh, and Darren Williams. Do you remember Darren Williams? Darren Williams of the Dallas Mavericks is, is getting Doesn't more say. assists than, than DeRozan, Irving, and, uh, and Butler. So I, uh, I hope you don't like passing in this been game. Been on the Mavericks and the Nets and then back to the Mavericks and – Everybody thought it was going to be fantastic, but actually ended up being kind of like a bust for how good yes. of a guy he was. Yeah. Did he that, on that Darren Williams. Or was it Illinois? One of those two teams in college. I forget. I, just remember I, can't, I can't remember. So I don't know. I hope that they kind of rectify this. I think that Isaiah Thomas is a clear guy that they should have started in the All-Star game. I think that he's had such a fantastic year. The Celtics are a, uh, are a two seed right now, um, but they're only two games off of Toronto. Oh, they lost not too long ago against Toronto. That would have tightened it up a little bit. I think they could get to the two seed, kind of like I predicted, but I, I, it'll be a tough kind of go of it. Um, and we'll see what happens there. But yeah. Do we any, any other thoughts about the, you know, that all-star, uh, the all-star game? No, I think we covered the main points of just who should actually be the, in that lineup and who isn't. I mean, we won't have more to talk about until they give us the reserves and see if anybody got snubbed out of that big time. Yeah, we will talk about it. Um, We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, uh, the other big news coming out of 
the uh, association right now is that the Clippers are kind of in the tailspin a little bit here. Um, Which is weird to say about a team yeah. that was on a – did they win last night? Because if they did, it's an eight-game winning streak. They Well, they they had a great start of the season, and then they did kind of – you know, peter off a little bit, but then they, they started coming back a little bit, like you said, um, you know, the last, you know, they, they were, they're seven and three in their last 10. Yeah. They were on a seven but game win streak is, and lost last night. The big thing is though, uh, Griffin is still out after his arthroscopic, you're welcome, knee surgery. <laughs> big words. And, and Chris Paul is out for six to eight weeks. Um, that's so really is, the case. This is tough, you know. I mean, obviously, when Blake Griffin coming back will be better, but it, it, I can see them kind of falling a little bit, especially if you see like a team that's kind of young and hungry, like the Utah Jazz, you know, nipping at their heels a little bit here. Uh, I could see them following out of the top four in the in the Western Conference without those two guys for any kind of extended period of time. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Uh, you they could fall possibly down to what maybe sixth or seventh seed, which would be kind of shocking. But yeah. I think um, I think they keep it afloat to an extent. I think they stay above Memphis and OKC because I mean they'll definitely stay above Denver, who's the eighth seed right now. And yeah, that last like, playoff spot is can garbage. We just, can we just quickly ask what the hell happened to Portland this year? Ooh, they're kind of they're kind of also imploding. I saw that Damian Lillard kind of went off and and uh, on Twitter last night. I didn't like fully look into it, but it's not good. Yeah, like they were a good, fun team to watch last year, competitive, and then this year, horrible. But yeah, Clippers got to worry. You know, Chris Paul is their playmaker. Now they have to rely on Austin Rivers to be a playmaker for them. And whenever those words have to be safe for six to eight weeks, Austin Rivers, your go-to guy, it's a little concerning. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. 100%, man. Association in free fall we're gonna talk more about the nba as it gets closer to the all-star game and uh and as those picks kind of come through is there anything so, else you want to cover man um did you read the article yesterday about Dwayne wade and i just thought it was interesting kind of a few things he said about if jimmy butler gets traded what might happen no no just fill me in so i uh, read the article so basically they were like hey if jimmy butler does get traded at some point this year what what are your thoughts on that and he goes well honestly i'd have to ho- kind of reassess my whole being in chicago and playing the game because he came there because of Jimmy Butler. He's the one that called him up and was like, listen, come to Chicago, come back to your hometown. Let's, you know, build the Bulls back up together. And that's kind of what got Wade on board. So he's like, if Jimmy Butler gets sent off, he's like, it might have to contemplate maybe retirement or trying to kind of force his way out of Chicago and get to a team that's not in the rebuilding process. Cause you know, he's 35. He doesn't want to be on the rebuilding team anymore. He did. That's kind of why he left Miami. He didn't think they really had a sh- chance at anything. So I think it'll be interesting over the next month before the trade deadline to kind of see that storyline because if Butler goes, do we see Wade try to either push his hand or just at some point basically say, hey, after this season, I'm done? I think the Bulls completely misplayed this offseason as a whole. I mean, I just oh, – I think awful. that you – I think that Jimmy Butler is a good player, but I think that he's like the second best player on a really good team. Um so in my opinion, I think they should have traded him somewhere to try to get as much back as he possibly could. Tanked during this season, which is supposed to have a, a fantastic draft. Everyone's freaking out about this draft being so deep with good yeah, players. 
rather than rather than doing that, they kind of blew some money on Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade. Um, and I think that if you had built around some of young guys too, like Doug Mc, uh, Doug McDermott, Doug McDermott. Yeah, I think that you could have done something, but I don't know. I mean, they, they've got like this one asset in Jimmy Butler, and they're like, what can we do with this? And now there's talk about them trying to bring on Chris Bosh. It just seems like a mess. So I don't really know. They kind of like have weaseled their way into like the middle of the pack and have no kind of direction where they're going. So Yeah, it's either tank or uh, try to actually keep that playoff seed. Because they're number yeah. eight right now. They're barely hanging on. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens going forward. It's going to be an interesting couple of months here in, this, in the association. Um, I don't know if there's any kind of jostling at the top or anything like that. We'll have to see. Yeah, no, it'll be fun to watch. And uh, for anybody that loves the NBA and the association, it's going to pick up a lot more for us because once the NFL is done, you have the offseason, baseball, and basketball is going to be our you know bread and butter. Absolutely. All right, man. I think this is a good episode. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed our conversations about Tom Brady. <laughs> me too to an extent no i'm just kidding it was great uh okay man anything else you want to cover before we let it go hey just remember uh you have to wait 90 minutes after the show ends to uh do any facebook lives you don't want to c- catch me saying anything and anybody an asshole on here <laughs> yeah well it's gonna be bulletin board material for me when i come back next week and be better than ever oh you know it all right man um so thanks you guys for listening uh you know follow us on all the social media and all that kind of good stuff and we will talk to you guys next week talk to you guys next week The Sports Sports Dance.